0: So, welcome in to Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got Uncle Tony, crazy legs. What's going on? And we're here to talk a little fantasy football. Hey, 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 it's that time of the year. It's time for the Making the Green Fantasy Football podcast. You got Uncle Tony here with the infamous Crazy Legs Green. Crazy Legs, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, not much, man. I am happy to be in this chair talking to you about fantasy football. We are coming up on the busiest week end and next weekend of the year. For fantasy football players, this is it, right? Preseason's over. Uh, we've got drafts galore. If you were thinking you were going to get a best ball in, you're probably late. Because the FFPC is filled up and everybody's got it. So we're going to give you some advice today. Uh, we going to start off with a little bit of strategy. We're going to strategize, talking about what you might want to think about doing in your drafts coming up. Uh, then we're talking about targets. What uh, what do uh, Jake and I think are the are the best targets that we're looking for coming out of our drafts this year? And, uh, and then... Uh, talk about some possibilities, maybe some sleepers there, and then uh, we're going to give you the abbreviated version. Want to give you the best best advice you can get going into these drafts? Just on a real quick hit, uh, and I I know Lyft likes those quick hits. So we need, we got top twenty uh, positions uh, in e- our top twenty picks in each one of our positions: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We're going to try to get through that here in the next next few minutes here for all of our all of our uh, dedicated listeners out there. And I know there's a few of them. I got a few compliments thanking us for us for some advice last year. So snowflaking, if you're out there, keep on it. And I do want to say one thing, Jake, before I turn it over to you and, and ask you a question. I, I just want all those people out there to know if you, if you're playing fantasy football with us, we ain't giving away all the secrets. <laughs> so don't think just cause you know, you don't know. All right. With that, Jake tell me how how last year go for you how many how many championships did we win
1: oh I only won one last year yeah. out of the the grouping I have uh but that's all right I'm still I'm still up and that's what matters so, right that's right up for life so no it was it was very successful last year no duds at least made playoffs and then came away with one championship so there I'm happy with it you,
0: there you go so that's we, we've got valuable information for you because Uncle Tony also walked away with a championship last year uh, in the 30th annual Razorback Fantasy Football uh, draft. Uh, our, our league uh, came away with that 30th anniversary championship. So, yeah. So, listen up, folks. We got some knowledge we're dropping on you. So, uh, Jake, let's jump right into it. Tell me, um, as we're looking in a draft strategy, and I want to let everybody know, we're talking tonight standard drafting, PPR. Uh normal scoring. Uh that's where these rankings are and, and kind of strategies that we put out there. Uh you could go. There's folks if you're out there in a super flex, drag some of these quarterbacks up in your draft. We are going to rank them for you. Not, not going to try to tell you ADPs or anything like that. If you're uh more of a scoring, move those quarterbacks down and, and push those uh push those uh heavy runners up, up your up your charts. But uh, but anyway. Uh, we're going to start with a PPR and, and give her from there. So, Jake, tell me, tell me what, what's your strategy this year?
1: My, uh, Well, my go-to strategy every year is to always mock as much as possible for your upcoming drafts. Um, it's a little harder when you have multiple leagues and they're all different scoring uh, and styles. But I think you need to mock draft multiple times that, if you can before every draft just so you have a feel for what the best strategy is. Because for Superflex, your best strategy might be depending on where you are drafting two quarterbacks with your first two picks, or maybe dodging it, knowing it's not going to come to you that that way. Or in a non-Superflex, your standard PPR leagues, you're probably targeting your wide receivers heavy if you think there's more value with, at the running back position later on, um, which has hasn't been the most standard of of strategy, I would say lately. Lately, I think for the past couple of years, we've as a fantasy community thought we've caught on to that getting that solid RB1 in that first or second round. Um, I think that could be a little bit different this year. The ADP would suggest, wouldn't suggest would suggest that, but um, I think the wide receivers are slowly creeping their way into being the majority in the first and second round. Uh, I think we're starting to see that for sure this year. Um, so uh, my, my number one strategy is, yeah, mock draft as much as possible if you can, because um, we are talking about a standard PPR league. Um, and not a super flex or something like that. I think my strategy this year, based on the mocks I've done, um, if depending on where your first round pick is, you're likely taking um, a running back or, or that wide receiver. But I have found myself going more wide receiver heavy, I would say, in the first four or five rounds, knowing I like actually a good tier of value in the sixth to the eighth round, which typically you would think is actually, I think, In previous years, we would call that the the RB dead zone, essentially that 5-7, through somewhere in the middle of your draft, where all the heavy hitters have gone and you just don't like the rest. I think that's a little bit different this year. I think it's a little more spread out than, or at least from what I've liked so far in my mocks. So I think my strategy this year is really grabbing those top-tier wide receivers, knowing I can kind of leave that position alone and grab up a good grouping of running backs later on, so...
0: Like it, I like it. Well, let me ask, what's your uh, what's your favorite site to do mock drafts on? Um,
1: my favorite site is uh, Football Guys. I think they got a good draft dominator. I would say this, though. That's a great question, actually. I use that just so I can – it's just me. I'm not mocking – it's me and the computer, but I have it set to pretty, a good setting because I trust those guys to, to give me good value and show me what people might be doing if they're truly, truly um, experienced fantasy football players um cuz i do know that when you do mock drafts sometimes on ESPN, Yahoo, which i suggest you do because it gives you a good idea to get used to the site, you get used to their rankings that they're going to show you in your draft room when you're in there with your with your guys, but um and girls. Um but uh i would say just be weary of drafting mock drafting on ESPN, Yahoo, whatever your site is because some pipe, some people aren't taking it as seriously maybe as you are or vice versa. So you you might be getting some mixed results, so you go.
0: I, I like that, and I, I do the same strategy. I think football guys is a, a great app to to do mock drafts on if you're targeting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, that is a great uh, tip to mock draft on the site that your your league is using so you're used to the format. That's a great uh, I think that's a great point. Um, and yeah, you know, I do like going out there in Yahoo and and, and if you're out there in the fourth round, and for some reason Nick Chubb falls to you know that that's just stupid and don't expect that in your regular in your regular draft cuz there are people that are kind of nuts and so exactly uh, and yeah cuz you're going to see just cuz somebody likes the New England Patriots doesn't mean you need to draft their defense in the 5th round either so um, mm-hmm. watch out for those guys <laughs> when you do those mock drafts well those are good tips Jake I, um, uh, good advice um i'll say that you know for me uh you said you're, you're uh, look at those wide receiver tiers, and for me, that's my strategy. Just about every year, I'm not a zero RB guy. I'm not a zero QB guy. You try to take the value as you see it, and I do like value-based drafting using tiers. And and never draft, you know, for me, I try, if there's a tier one or tier two running back available, and just because I've got um, two running backs and there's and I'm into the tier three of wide receivers, I'm still going to take another tier two running back. I think you've got to try to get those tiers where you get the most value. We'll we'll run through that a little bit of that as we go through these uh top 20s. But uh always use those tiers. And I think this year more than any other, um, I if you're in these straight PPR drafts, I would not take a quarterback uh before the end of the second round. If you're getting if you're at two ten, two eleven, two twelve. And for some reason one of the top three guys are there, Hurts uh Mahomes or Allen, and you feel like you've got to take them. that's fine. But taking one in the first first round this year, I think, is gonna be a little bit uh a little bit tough. So I'm trying to stay away from doing that. It's hard to do if you're in the bottom half of a draft. Going, oh, there's Josh Allen. I can get him right here. But you know, you gotta be careful with it. Um uh and then here's my the three the three quick hitters. Don't take any New England wide receivers. Don't do it. I know you like Juju. Don't take him. Uh, don't take a Falcon. The Atlanta Falcons are going to be terrible this year. I, if you go out and watch the Atlanta's preseason game and see, watch Desmond <laughs> Ritter, Desmond Ritter shooting goose or geese. It's just terrible. And and so I would not take any Falcons. We'll talk about Bijan Robinson, but and take all the Seahawks you can get. Uh, i think they're back and a in a contender in, in what has suddenly become a uh, uh a, an up for grabs n f c west and so uh i think you can uh i i think they're go get the seahawks all those guys are good and uh, so there you go uh that's our that's our strategies and uh hopefully that will that'll help some of you all out so with that jake uh you want to start looking at some players yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Well, let's start with the number one position in football, uh, kickers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's start with those uh, those quarterbacks. And, um, you know, I Jake, we've talked many times that these, these positions in real football truly are the most important position on the field. But in fantasy, not necessarily so much. Like I said, Superflex are becoming more popular, and these guys in fantasy are getting uh, where they're uh, – they need more, but, uh, I still think that, uh, these are, these are where they're not, not still valued as much as they are in, in regular football, but you gotta have a good one. So, um, so let's just jump right in. And, and so, uh, Jake, I was looking at these tiers and we're going to talk about these top 20 guys, 20 or so guys. And, uh, you know, I really have it on, on five tiers, you know? Um, and I think if you tell me if you, if you disagree, but, uh um, Let's start with the first three. I think there's you could say that with uh, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. I think those are your top three guys, and there's really not much more. That's a, a tier to itself. Would you agree with that?
1: I yeah, I fully agree with that. You have the two the two quarterbacks and Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, who have have been there, done that multiple times. They stay up there. It seems like the past couple years, very consistent. And then Jalen Hurts showed it last year, and so this is his year to become that consistent top three quarterback in fantasy, but his rushing upside is still just too too high to not have him up there with those other two. So, yeah, I agree. That's the, that's the elite of the elite for fantasy.
0: Not Notwithstanding that you're wearing a Chiefs sweatshirt tonight, <laughs> which one of those do you think stands out? Which one? If you had to if say, got to take if, one. If I one have
1: to take one, I'm taking Hurts, just the the rushing upside – and that the I think, I think what we've seen so far, and we and we'll probably touch on it a little bit here when we move on to running backs. But the running backs, they basically sent away Miles Sanders, and now they just got a big grouping that I think I think will work for regular football in the real world. In the real world, I think it's going to be great. Just to use four guys. We've seen it with the Chiefs. We've seen it for multiple teams now. That you just get a committee of a stable of guys, and you'll run them through there, and it, you have success for fantasy purposes, though. Jalen Hurts is still that goal line back, I think, for them, based on who they have back there. I think he's got the most upside, I would say, of the three. Um, Patrick Mahomes obviously has it, so is Josh Allen. They both have super strong receiving cores, just like Jalen Hurts. But I think the rushing upside of Hurts is just a little bit higher than both in fantasy. Rushing upside is everything for quarterbacks.
0: I agree. I I couldn't I that's where I would have it. And I truly think it's a toss-up between uh, Allen and Mahomes. And that's where Josh Allen, I think, is the only one of those three that you could possibly think about a matchup with a wide a one wide receiver one um, because of Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's far and away the number one wide receiver in that group. Uh, Jalen Hurts has uh, AJ, uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. There's arguments either side. They're more of a one-one-a than Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. So, yes. uh, and then at Kansas City, it's it's Travis Kelsey. So we'll talk about him in a while. So I think that's that's where your matchup is with with Mahomes is is with the tight end. But uh, that's the only thing I say with Josh Allen. If you had Stefan Diggs and and we're coming around the corner, if you wanted to get Allen, that's not a bad strategy. If that separates them, but otherwise can't go wrong with any three. So mm-hmm. I. I have a second tier here for three quarterbacks as I've looked through this, and and this is different than I think we see other folks. So I've got the next three guys as Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. And I separate at that point from the guys behind them, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, because I think with Trevor and Justin, there's a little bit of question mark. So let's let's do it like this. So so classically, <laughs> as we've seen through season, and I'll ask you this uh in a second, you could say the next tier is Burrow, Herbert, Jackson, Lawrence, and Fields, and there's eight those eight quarterbacks, and I've heard that said there's eight quarterbacks that are draftable in your top rounds and then you go from there. What do you think, Jake? Do you do you see those next five guys as being a solid five, or is there one or two there you think, yeah, they definitely are in a, a different tier?
1: I drop Lawrence out of that tier. Uh, I agree with putting Fields in there with Burrow, Jackson, and Herbert. Okay. I think Burrow is one of those, he's proven it time and time again. He just hasn't put up the elite, elite numbers that you see from Allen and Mahomes and then the rushing of Hurts that gives him those – a fantasy numbers elite um, it's still obviously a top five fantasy quarterback so he's putting up great numbers he's just it's just that upside i think of those top three he's what separates those tiers but so you have burrow who's done it before herbert he it's where we wanted him to be last year where he's being drafted last year just i think got banged up with a rib injury some coaching issues but they went out and got him a top draft pick and a good solid wide receiver. That receiving core is going to be dangerous this year, I think, and I think it fits Kellen Moore's strategy, the new OC, very well to get the ball downfield. Uh, we saw his what he did, what he was able to do with the Cowboys that receiving core and, and Dak as a quarterback. Um, so I'm very excited to see Justin Herbert this year, healthy with that new OC, that new system. So I'm, that's why I'm excited for him to be. In this in this tier, I think he has the ability as a pocket passer with a little bit of rushing upside, but not not enough, not a lot, but still enough. Um, but it's the pocket passing. I think I think he has because he has that capability of putting up the forty plus touchdowns, maybe and the 4,500 4, yards. I think he's got the better capability than maybe the Trevor, and that's why I have that tier break. Trevor Lawrence, I don't think I can. I won't be shocked if he does it, but I just think it's the least likely of them all to finish in that top five category. Um, but then Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, just the, the rushing upside it's even bigger than I think with Jalen Hurts. Um, they, they can truly put up a thousand yard rushing season if they, if they wanted to, um, Lamar Jackson stay if he can stay healthy, he was on pace for that last year. Uh, and the passing game was there. They got Zay, they went out and Zay, got Zay Flowers in the draft. The new OC is a big up-tempo guy. So more plays, more plays always means more possibility of fantasy points, which is always good. So. I like Lamar Jackson a lot this year and then Justin Fields, we saw it last year. He flashed it and he, and he did it for a good extensive period of time at the end of the season. So, they went out and traded for DJ Moore, a top an actual top target for them. Um I think if he can take the uh step forward in the passing game, which we've seen it we've seen it in the um, preseason somewhat. He looks like he has taken that step forward just enough to go with that huge upside of rushing. I think for fantasy purposes, he that puts him in that tier for me as well. So.
0: Yeah, I I agree with everything you have said. I I have the question marks for me. Uh, every one of us has a question mark, and I'm not as big a Kellen Moore fan as others are, so I'm a little concerned <laughs> with Herbert. But you know what? I keep waiting. He should put up Patrick Mahomes numbers, right? He should, right? And we haven't seen that from him. And and if if they let the offense go, uh, and, and certainly uh, Kansas City doesn't have it back like Austin Eckler, and so we see a lot funneled through there. So certainly that may be. Um, a ceiling cap for him but um, I think there's a uh, you know what you're getting with uh, Herbert and Joe Burrow and uh, Lamar Jackson with the new OC I, you agree you think it should be better We you always got to be concerned because we thought Denver was going to be better with Nathaniel Hackett and that didn't happen and so uh, but this certainly isn't as drastic as that I don't want to you know not to yeah. shock anybody into that thinking oh my god so uh but I I think uh he Lamar has been working on throwing he's got a new contract he's dedicated to this team uh they've got a guy named Odell Beckham Jr and so uh and Zay Flowers is a man child and so he's a little <laughs> he's a little man child he's but, still, little guy, but... He, but he's pretty good and so I I I do agree there uh Trevor Lawrence definitely to me is just below this tier um, I've heard a lot of people talk really good about it, but I think he's more of the Troy Aikman type thrower. For those old folks listening to this podcast, um, you know he's a he's probably going to lead them to more victories this year than they did last year, but he's not necessarily going to get you the fantasy points that you want. So I, I I think he's more of a they're more of a control offense with that. And um, I agree with that. And yeah. the only thing about the the good news for Justin Fields is DJ Moore. The bad news for Justin Fields is it's still Chicago, and, and it's only DJ Moore out there. <laughs> um, haven't heard a lot of good news on Cole Komet, Uh Didn't see him take a lot of jumps. It hadn't had a big, big, uh, uh, a big offseason. A little concerned about him not having that secondary weapon, and they didn't go get now, unless Jonathan Taylor all of a sudden ends up a bear. <laughs> He doesn't have that secondary weapon to help him. And I, I'm just a little worried about that. So, um, but anyway, but, but still, boy, the talent, certainly you said it, talent, there, you see it. Um, so we talked about Trevor there. So now I, I, let's go on to the next tier. So let's say you've passed quarterback and you didn't jump in fast enough. And now all of a sudden you're getting to this next tier. You want to, you want to get a starter. You don't want to, don't want to be without a, a 10, 11, 12 guy, but. The next tier that I see uh, that people are talking about, I'm put them all together, is uh, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, and then we'll make it a, a baker's dozen and put Anthony Richardson in there as those quarterbacks that are being drafted as starters. And I want to talk about Anthony Richardson real quick, real quick here, Jake, because we talk about the the ultimate boom bust pick very rare for rookie quarterbacks to come out and have a finale, have a, a fantasy valuable year all year long. They're going to be up and down. But now there's the the measurables here on the on Richardson are off the charts. We haven't seen a kid like this um uh, maybe ever that's got this kind of arm and um not to compare again, Justin Fields is out there but I think this this kid's got a little bit more accuracy than he does, but it's a very limited window that we've seen him coming out of college.
1: Where,
0: where do you think, is Richardson a draftable starter? Or is he somebody who can say, hey, if I can make a turn and get, let's say I can get um, Watson and, and uh, Richardson or Smith and Geno Smith and Richardson on a back-to-back. What What do you think about
1: Richardson? He's, yeah, for me, I think I definitely don't want him as my starting quarterback. I'm drafting him as I think, I think the only the only time I'm drafting him is, I think, if I totally missed on those top six or eight guys. Because um, I think after Trevor Lawrence is my big drop-off. Um, I have Trevor Lawrence in the tier with these guys, but he's definitely the top of the tier. Um, and the rest of these guys, I think, are just who do you like at their draft capital. Um, but Anthony Richardson, for me, I, I have him just outside the top 12 like most rankings do. And I think that's just because... I wouldn't. What I expect from him this year is um, a Justin Fields rookie year. He's gonna flash it every now and then for what he could be, but it's just not gonna be consistent enough. I don't think to be fantasy fantasy liable. Now he could in the second half of the year he could turn that corner, get that consistency down. Who knows? He's definitely got. I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up a good chunk of yardage on the on the ground. And at the second half, we're looking at him as as a starting quarterback. That wouldn't shock me. Um, but I think enough time is going to pass for uh, in fantasy football scheduling, as, at least that by the time he may turns that corner, it might be too late. So I'm I'm definitely not driving him to be my starter from day one. But I love pairing him with a guy with that low floor um, or with a high floor, low ceiling. So like yeah, like a Geno Smith, um, a Daniel Jones. I think has a solid floor because he they showed if they especially if they use him like they did last year in the running game some. Um, so I, and the addition of Darren Waller, but all that being said, Anthony Richardson, not my starter day one, but definitely somebody I do want to pick up if I did miss on those top tier guys. Cause he's going to provide that good boom bust in the second half of the season, probably
0: with you there. And so I, you know, for me, this is the way I rank these next, uh, the guys after Trevor Lawrence. So I go Kirk cousins, Gino, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, I actually bring Dak Prescott into this into this tier, and then Anthony Richardson. And so, so for me, it's and it's just like what you said. Those higher floor guys, I think there's not a better floor in fantasy football this year than Kirk Cousins. We may talk about him in a little bit, um, uh, but uh, I think I, I like him as having a high floor. I think Daniel Jones as well. They've, um, Darren Waller is in town. Uh, and so, you know what you're getting, it's, it's serviceable rushing yards. Um, uh, I think you've got a good solid floor there. Deshaun Watson, may be one of the biggest boom busts uh, of the draft as well for someone who's not a rookie, uh, maybe comeback of the year candidate. I don't think they give it to him because of the c- circumstances,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah,
0: but, um, I think that, uh, uh, I, I I said this to a to a guy on a podcast the other night. Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, and Nick Chubb may be the best backfield in football. They're all like 28. You know, if if they turn this around, they're in their prime. If if they connect, you know, if you can imagine Amari Cooper at his, at his best, Nick Chubb at his best and Deshaun Watson at his best, and none of them are over the hill, this could be a very interesting Cleveland offense. And so I, I wouldn't sleep on Deshaun Watson, but to me there's a lot of risk there if you're thinking, well, this is going to be my number one. You better be thinking about – we'll talk about some of these other guys here in just a second real quick – that you better put somebody in that you're sure is going to be a starter if you're going to go get Watson. But that's the way I rank them. So any differences yeah. there?
1: No, I, I I'm fine with that. I I don't. Yeah, they're all they're all again. Besides Trevor Lawrence, they're all very very close in a group for me. That I, I however you want to rank them is fine with me. Yeah. The only one I might add to this group that I, I I like and it's and it's again it's because of the offense and what's around him. But his biggest thing has been health, especially last year. It's a huge risk, but I think Tua if he is healthy, I think I I think I would throw him in this grouping because what what he was doing before the first concussion and then the second. Um I think he was on pace to definitely be a consistent top ten quarterback, a, a reliable plug and play and plug and play and forget about him. Like he the weapons there are just too too good um to not for him to not put up the numbers, which he was doing again before the injury. So um I'm glad he's I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's he's there. Um. So when healthy, I, I I don't mind putting him in this tier as well. Yeah,
0: I agree a hundred percent. That to, to me, if if you didn't have that risk, that health mm-hmm. risk, Tua to me is definitely a starter, um, and probably above Trevor Lawrence. But the just because of the power of the offense. But I I think mm-hmm. that that's a significant that's a significant risk. So yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah.
1: I think I think all the guys we talked about in this, this is the tier. Again, besides Trevor Lawrence, I think this is the tier where I probably am considering a second quarterback at the back end of my draft.
0: Absolutely. So those are guys. And and here and we're gonna round this out. So the here's the last five guys I have in the top twenty. Um and uh that um that I think you should consider. Uh And this would be, like you said, to back up one of these risk guys that you might get. And that's uh, uh, Jared Goff, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, and Derek Carr. And so of those guys, I think any of them uh, kind of are are steady journey veterans. Uh, You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, certainly is taking all all the spotlight there, but he's not the fantasy quarterback he used to be. And so now he is definitely a backup, a backup. Don't, don't be out there saying, oh, I can get Aaron Rodgers late. And that he's not going to do you. He's not going to win you anything. Uh, the rest, the rest of the guys in your league are saying, oh yeah, that's, that was a great pick. Um, so stay away from there. But I, I think you got Jared Goff and Derek Carr, both of whom are steady, right? Good, uh, good off week, uh, replacement. Um, and then I think, uh, Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett both offer high side value if Wilson can bounce back with Sean Payton. I don't we'll see some, but I don't think we're gonna see Russell Wilson cook anymore. Uh he he might simmer, but he's not cooking. Uh and then Kenny Pickett is up and coming. I think the next year is his year. I think we'll see it. Um with uh, you know, if they get another wide receiver for him, they certainly have young talent around him. I think Kenny Pickett could be on the way up. But those are kind of the five I see that um, that you can take on the backside. Jake, you got anybody else?
1: Yeah, and this is this is the tier where you start. And you could maybe break it up if you wanted to get really nitpicky. But at this point, it doesn't matter. I think they're all, once you're past those first three tiers, four tiers, whatever you have. For those top 15 guys, I think it's whatever. Because now, unless you're playing in like a 16-man league, none of these guys should be starting for you in your team. So uh, but I, so as far as a tier, I, I don't really have anything. But I would definitely add just some guys that, again, I like maybe a little bit more than others. Um, I like – and and what sorry, what I was going to get to, though, is a lot of these guys, these are the quarterbacks that aren't elite, but their receiving cores might be. Or they maybe they have that top guy. So someone like if Jimmy G is is truly healthy, Devonte Adams counts for something. Um so <laughs> I, I think that can provide and because we're cause we're, again, we're talking we're talking top top twenty now QBs. So mm-hmm. I think Devonte Adams has the ability to still keep the, his quarterback top twenty. Um I think Jared Goff's wide receiving core is is solid with Amon Rosse Brown. He'll get Jameson Williams back a halfway through the season. Um, Jameer Gibbs is a truly, truly good pass-catching running back to help Jared Goff, I think, as well with Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end. Um, Aaron Rodgers, ah, the spark isn't there, but it's still a Hall of Fame QB, so he's definitely got the receiving core, again, to put him in the top 20. Russell Wilson, receiving core, again, put him in the top 20. Um, Brock Purdy, that San Francisco, that's a high-powered offense, so Brock Purdy's healthy. He, Jimmy G was a top 20 quarterback his entire time at San Fran, so... I don't see why Brock Purdy couldn't be. Um, I would throw in Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup again, has the ability to put your quarterback in the top 20, top 15. Um, So these are those guys that I see there. And Kenny Pickett, I agree with you. I don't see it this year, maybe. He's a guy I could see falling out of the top 20. um, Just because I I don't see the Steelers being that high-paced, high-powered offense. I think they're going to win some really grinded-out games. But... um, He's definitely on the up. I think if he st- takes another step forward this year, his he's looking a lot better. At least the only other guy I would throw in here for sure that I actually really like taking in drafts, um, especially either in superflex or if you do just want that kind of safety ish blanket. I love taking Kyler Murray at the very back end of drafts because everyone's just think everyone's thinking this offense is gonna this team's gonna suck, which they are, <laughs> um, and Kyler Murray won't <laughs> be there at the beginning of the year. So I feel like by the time Kyler Murray does get healthy and comes back, it's going to be the Kyler Murray show. And uh, it doesn't take – if there's a rushing upside in a quarterback, it doesn't take much for them to be a top-10 guy each week. So I like Kyler Murray at the back end of drafts.
0: Well, then you nailed it because that was going to be the question I was going to ask you, is what do you think about Kyler Murray? Because absolutely every mock that I have been in, people are forgetting about him. He He's probably not going to play the first week. Uh, maybe – and we'll see here – We'll know a lot more, and this is one reason I love drafting it towards the end of the or after the um uh, after the fifty two man our fifty three man roster is set we'll see if they put him on the pup list or not, which mm-hmm. will tell us if he's got four weeks automatic or six weeks automatic or no weeks automatic let's see um but I think Kyler Murray could be a really big steal because oh yeah. he has, he has got some real quick wide receivers. Marquise Brown can fly. Rondell Moore can fly, and so there could be some big, uh, big shots there. And and it's not like it's, the kid can't still can't scamper. So, uh, exactly. interesting, interesting comments there on that. Interesting comments. Yeah. So, well, let me ask you. This. So, let's talk about a target here for quarterbacks, then we'll move on to running back. So, Jake, you can leave the draft with one quarterback. There's one quarterback. Who is your target? When you say, and when I'm building my team, this is the quarterback I want to build my team right.
1: Who is it? It's it's a toss-up for me between the Justins, and I'm going to go Justin Fields, actually. I All think right. I find myself really gravitating towards him. I, I think I I just like the the huge – I don't know if there's anybody with more upside than him, besides maybe Jalen Hurts, um, as far as that can truly separate himself Um if he does take that step forward the past game and continues his dominancy on the running game. Um, so I, I find myself with the draft capital of being a, a potentially fourth round, fifth round pick. Uh, Justin Fields is who I'm targeting.
0: All right. I like it. Well, my target is Kirk cousins. And the reason I say Kirk cousins is because I'm finding that I can build a really strong team with about six picks, seven picks and Kirk cousins still get there and I don't think there's any other quarterback in the in uh that's fantasy viable that has had as much positive changes for him um uh than than Cousins. Dalvin Cook was released. They drafted Jordan Allison. Is it Allison? Addison Addison, Addison Jordan yeah. Addison. They added TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the year last year, and he just scratched the surface of what they could do together. And this guy named Justin Jefferson. Who to me, is the best player in football. I'll Talk about him later too, but mm-hmm. that is really, you know, I think that they have set this up for Kirk Cousins to put up thirty plus touchdown passes, maybe even get close to forty. But um, I, I really, I really think Kirk Cousins has a solid floor and a really high ceiling. Now, certainly not a top five. Not going to say top five, right? But I think he can, he can be, he can get close to it. And if you're drafting him at nine or in the as running as quarterback nine or ten or even sometimes 11, uh, I I think that's great. And I really want to build a team around Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. I don't doubt the value for sure. Especially, excuse me. Uh, I think I'm seeing him in the mock drafts going in the ninth round, maybe around there. Um, and he's definitely outside, he's sometimes even outside the top 12 quarterbacks taken. So, um, my biggest and i i think this is also and this is a true fantasy football statement i'm just not a kirk cousins guy uh i think uh i think fantasy football we do like to hold those grudges or like to hold and it's not it's not that he's burned me personally but i've just seen enough of his boom bust games that i'm just like i i don't know if i want truly want that at my quarterback position um but I, hear you. I don't, I don't doubt, I don't doubt. As far as guys going in that range, huge, huge floor. You're because you nailed it with all the pieces around him. So I definitely don't mind that statement, though. Yeah. So
0: and I know that I know our buddies at Just Press Play are going to be saying that's just because you watched him on that Netflix show, Quarterback, and he was such a nice guy and you feel for him. But uh, that's not it. I think he's got a real, <laughs> he's got a real chance this year to to do something, to do something special. And I, and I may he's have. got. A,
1: He's yeah. gonna need to because they yeah, they didn't really beef up that defense too much, and he lost Dalvin well, Cook, so an,
0: another reason. That he's I know, gonna I, I,
1: I you, you nailed it. The positives <laughs> went in his direction, fantasy football wise. It went. In his direction. I, I would not be shocked if we if we look at if we look back and he's gonna be top three in the league for pass attempts. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where he's gonna sit sit on fantasy points or anything like that. But if oh. you if you're in a weird league where you get points per pass attempt, He's a big old value. so I'll
0: Take him. I'll tell you that. I'll take the more attempts. Well, let's slide on over to running backs here and talk about the, uh, what used to be the fantasy studs. I, as you said, to start Jake with the strategy we're looking at, I don't know that that's still the case anymore. I think the NFL mm-hmm. has built itself to where this is a wide receiver league. And, um, I take that back to the decision not to have defensive holding anymore. And so, um, that's certainly fine. We have we have some very entertaining games, but uh, let's talk about these running backs. You still got to have them, and you got to have two good ones. And so this is where I think the most strategy comes into play is with how you draft your running backs. And I think, as you said, Jake, it's interesting that we may have a little more parity within the within the tiers this year than we've had in the past. But for the first one, and I don't think anybody could argue that. A, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are the top two running backs in this class. Uh, to me, I don't think you can I, I, I heard some folks talk about Bijan and talk about him a second, but I, I just don't know how you go any further than that. That those are the two guys. And I've, I've had discussions about which one's one and which one's one a, and I think you could make a case for either one of them. But, uh, um, cause both have gotten a lot of use. Both have gotten hurt. Uh, but man, they are the cornerstone of their offenses, and so if you can get one, get them.
1: No, I agree. Yeah, yep. I think those are the, those are the difference makers. Um, I think see, I lean the CMC side if I'm if I'm picking between the two. Um, I think he's just got a little bit more upside with his versatility in that, and I think the way San Francisco uses him is a little more versatile than how Austin Eckler gets used in that uh, Chargers offense. Um, or at least for what we've seen. But again, yeah. that's not not if I'm that's me nitpicking. I'm happy with either of these two guys. Being, I think that that is the tier. Uh, the tier break is those two. So
0: yeah, there you go. I just if you see them, get them. If they're yeah. on your board, unless you're pick number one,
1: <laughs> yeah. you
0: see these guys, get them. And uh, so uh, so anyway, so let's go to the next tier. So my next tier has four guys, or excuse me, five guys in it. And I definitely have a ranking within it. And so you've got Saquon Barkley, B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, and I've got Derrick Henry in there. Um just because of attempts and and wh- where he's gonna be. But for me, that's that next tier because these are all these all have the opportunity of three down backs and uh to to be and, and those are rare commodities. And so I think each one of these guys have that opportunity. But for me, I'm ranking them, I, I think it's Barkley, Chubb, Pollard, Robinson, Henry. That's how I go. I don't have as much faith in B. John Robinson as other folks do because of two things. And I'll I'll say this part and I'll flip it over to you, crazy legs. But uh B. John's a hell of a runabout, don't get me wrong. And he's gone to a team that does run the football they they run the football more than any other team in the nfl however they've got a guy tyler algier that is probably going to run the ball 150 175 times so for you to be in the top in this tier and to be underneath cmc and eckler you're going to have to have 300 to 350 touches and i don't know that Bijan's going to get that as a rookie doesn't mean he's not going to be successful i just don't see him at the top of this tier and and I've had argument arguments, but discussions with other folks that they disagree because of the talent that this kid has. But that's my take on Bijan. I have him above Derek Henry because I think Derek Henry just doesn't carry the. He he's he's at that precipice. It could happen anytime. time. It may not be this year, but he, he he may be at that precipice. And Tennessee's not the, as good as he should be. And he just does not catch a football. So that was that's how I rank that tier. What do you think?
1: No, I agree. Um, I, I especially agree with the tier. Uh, I like those. I think that is a true cut. I think if if Josh Jacobs had been in camp all preseason, you'd probably throw him in there. Um, agree 100%. And and maybe the same for Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I think for because but we have to play it how it is now. And I how it is now, I agree. That's the tier break for me It's these five guys. I think it's going to be – it's based on, and you hit on it, it's these guys are – Three down potential backs, um, all with either going to be getting huge volume or they have a huge burst. Um, I think they're all used in the receiving game. I think this what separates is that Austin Deckler and Christian McCaffrey are used a lot more. And I think I think we all know if you played fantasy long enough, a, a catch by a running back is worth probably five times or five touches in the backfield on a, on a five carries, I guess, or so, mm-hmm. or whatever the math. Somebody has broken that down before, but. Um, all that being said, receiving is where you want it, but these guys, just breaking them down if you have to rank them. And this is why I love, I think especially um, being a top three top two pick, uh, maybe even top four if you want to stretch it. But I love Tony Pollard this year. I think I think what what the Cowboys have told us by basically not securing that backfield at all, because I don't count Ronald Jones and Deuce Vaughn, although I love what I've seen from Deuce Vaughn. Cool story. I That's not securing your backfield for me. I think Tony Pollard's going to have to carry this backfield. And he's got the burst and the speed and the receiving skills to also put up huge numbers. So I actually have him ranked the highest of this group, me personally. I think I just like him in that in that offense, in that backfield. But the The floor is, and this is this is the case for Bijan for me. I don't disagree with you about the Falcons. <laughs> no one's counting on them doing something this year, um, as they. It, but Bijan, the talent, the floor of the amount of carries and tu- I'll say touches actually, because it doesn't have to be carries. He's he'll get he'll get work in the receiving game too, um, especially if, with Desmond Ritter probably running for his life. So, um, so I think I think the amount of touches Bijan's going to see that that volume, and I do think he'll get it. Um, that's what I think propels him into being in this tier. And that's why I like him ahead of all these other guys. And I think youth tells us everything. It's the one position where youth does play a factor the most, I think. Um, And I think the the stats show us first-round running backs, top 10 draft picks, rookie years, I think they've almost always been a top 10 running back um, in fantasy. I think the floor is just so high with this kid um that I like him a lot and, and that and that's the whole now that's I think the problem is in redraft That's he's at his peak he's you're being you're taking him right after these elite guys wide receiver and running back so that's what that's what scares you he's got the most to lose I think but his floor is so high Nick Chubb they got rid of Kareem Hunt it's his show man it's it's his deal he's got as much as you want to look at him as not a receiving back he's shown that he can do it um so I'd be shocked if they take him off the field on third downs, as much as they have in the past, Saquon Barkley is still Saquon Barkley. He's been healthy. He flashed it at the end of last year, so he's got it. Um, and then Derek Henry, it's it's one of those things. Just like Travis Kelsey, until he doesn't do it, I'm not gonna discount it. So I I got I know, think I think out of respect, I gotta put him in here because he just he hasn't shown it otherwise, unless he's gotten hurt. So
0: you were you were not wrong, and and so I'll add here. So you know I'm gonna make the the case for, and I don't think you can go wrong in anybody in this tier when you're drafting them there. And I would say that you're probably drafting the tier two wide receivers before you're drafting most of these guys. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But um, I think that you know I have Chubb ahead of Pollard for many of the same reasons you were talking about Pollard at the top because Kareem Hunt was not resigned. De'arnest Johnson was not resigned. And they haven't brought anyone else in to, um, to back that up. And I have a, and, and, and so I really like that situation for Nick Chubb. And I think he'll get more of the third down um, work this year. Uh, and then I think that um, with Pollard, and this is just my prediction, I think we're going to see uh, Lenny, Lenny Fournette, with a star on his helmet uh, before we get too far into this season because they, they've got to have that goal line back, and they don't have him. Everybody likes Rico, but I don't think – and Deuce's bond is not a goal line back. So I think they're going to bring somebody in to take some of the goal line carries, and he's he, he's going to be uh, kind of vultured a little bit. So I don't see his – everything else, though, I could see 60 receptions, 800 yards receiving, uh, 250, 280 carries, you know, 1,200 yards. Uh, but I just don't – I don't see – 12 or more touchdowns coming out of, of Tony Pollard.
1: Yeah, I, I I will say this they they want to use him more because they want to run that style of offense more, where they run the ball more. Now they say that and then you go out and get Brandon Cooks, but um and not just get him, I think they traded for him. They they yeah. went to go get him. But my my whole thing to that point though is I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have done it already as far as a ba- another another running back. I don't see I don't I don't see what's the point of of waiting two weeks for the season to all of a sudden go get that goal line guy, if you if you haven't figured it out by now, unless you're unless and you might money. know this more than me unless you're an idiot unless you're an idiot coach though too and you're just like oh wait a minute we never got that goal line back. Um, so, we're so, not going to talk
0: about the I know IQ of the Dallas Cowboys but, coaching staff,
1: but so. I I feel like I feel like hopefully they're smart enough to know if they need that or not by this point two weeks before the season starts, and so I I feel like. If they're gonna have gone got Lenny, it would take an injury now, I feel like, to to for that to happen.
0: So. Well we'll see. That's just my prediction. But I'll we'll see. Yeah, e- we'll see. Either way, but I agree with um I, I think you can't go wrong and, and I really I really enjoyed watching Saquon come back to being Saquon. And I mm-hmm. think before mm-hmm. his knee injury, we would not we, Saquon would have been discussed in that top three. Um, yeah. now and he's it proven he's healthy. Um uh, he could still get there, but uh, but we'll see. So let's drop down to that next tier, and I have a three man tier here next because I this tier for me is the but four tier, and uh, I think each one of these guys would be in the tier above them, but for something else. Mm. So these three guys are Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, um, Joe Mixon, and Ramonde Miranda Stevenson. And, you know, Joe, uh, Josh Jacobs, but for the fact he's not in camp and they, the Raiders really haven't said, we really want you. This guy was phenomenal last year. Just, just led the league in, in rushing yards. So, um, uh, why is he not hired? He's not in camp. Uh, Joe Mixon, but for the fact he almost got cut and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, three wide receivers, and now Irv Smith Jr. tied in. Um, you know how much more of that offense is he going to get? And um, and then Ramondre Stevenson. But for the fact Zeke Elliott showed up, <laughs> I think we'd be talking about him because he was ready to go. There's no better pass catching back in this top twelve that our top ten than Ramondre Stevenson. And that and we're talking with Eckler and CMC at the top. Looking at the stats. Phenomenal with the football out of the backfield. Uh, uh, one of the guys that got me a championship yeah. last year. So <laughs> this is the but four group, and I think you could include them in the tier we just talked about, except for those factors. Would you Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree with that. I think there's some other guys you could throw in this tier, but I'm I'm happy to leave them out of it just for the sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just see
0: I, these guys having more talent than the next group that we'll talk about. There's one guy. We'll, ta-
1: we'll talk about the next. The next tier then yeah. and I'll. I'll and that's what I get to preach about this yeah. guy. But yeah. no, Josh Jacobs. I think unless he just unless he just shows up out of shape, which is possible because there is there is a reason that you they want you there in camp. There is a there is some. There, you're not. You can be in the best shape of your life, but unless you're hitting somebody in pads every day, twice a day, getting ready for a season, I think. So there could be a little bit of growing pains there, maybe at the very beginning of the season, but. The the reports right now are saying that he's going to show up before week one. He's gonna he is going to suit up. That's the rumors right now. Nothing's for certain, obviously, but um, it's at least positive, moving in the positive direction. So and, I, and yeah, from what he did last year, you can't you can't discount that. So if he shows up in shape, I love it. Uh, he's a good value right now too, in drafts because of he's fallen because of this holdout. Joe Mixon, I it's he's been acquitted of everything. He's he's in the clear. So he he is I. I I think it's almost something where you you see him firing out like a cannon because so he's just gonna he's probably just gonna run pissed off. He's the world gave up on him, didn't believe him in anything. He's on the last year of his contract. We love contract players on the last year of their contract. He knows he's done Cincinnati. He the writing's on the wall. Like hey, we have a young core here. Besides you, this is it for you. So he's playing for a contract somewhere else. And but the sheer volume, Sumaji Piron's gone. I haven't seen anything in the preseason that says they have somebody truly solid behind him. Yep. Um, me personally, though, that some other people do like some. Um, there's two behind him. I can't remember which, which, which Chris, ones. Got popular. Chris
0: Evans and the kid from Illinois Brown.
1: Yeah, Brown. Um, they've got some traction. I haven't watched them in the preseason, but the stat lines I've been seeing haven't been anything shocking. Um, so I think I think Joe Mixon, the sheer volume, and he does get the passing work. Um, out of the backfield they still do target the running back even with that receiving core Um, so i think that's why he's there from a volume standpoint again he's probably the last remaining three down back um before we move on to these next guys so um and then ramander stevenson yeah it's even with zeke there i think he's just gonna get all the passing work still he's even if it's even if it's from the the 10 to the 10 because I don't think I don't think Zeke's a red zone guy now. He is solely a ten yard and up guy. I think, but uh, but uh, did you see that picture by the way? He's a yeah. Zeke's, Zeke's, Zeke's been a, Zeke has they've let him eat uh, in the offseason. season. So, uh, he, but he knew what
0: his next go, job was going to be. Yeah, yeah, he did. Been so, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so
1: but yeah, I, Ramondre Stevenson. I think the, the sheer athleticism and burst he showed last year in the passing game. He's it, and we know the Patriots love to run the ball, so I like him a lot still. So I'm happy with this tier that you have.
0: Well, well, I know this next guy is the one that everybody talks about, and I'm I'm just not with him as much as other folks. And and this next tier starts it. off. These guys have talent, um, and and I think it's in they're, but they're uh, interesting situations. So it's Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor. Aaron Jones, and Najee Harris. These are the next tier. And I think these are guys that when you're in the fourth, fifth round, uh, normally we say there's a dead zone uh, for running backs. Well, I'm not sure that that's the case this year because these guys could be fourth, fifth rounders that I think you could take that are going to provide value if if you're comfortable in these situations. And I know you – I'm thinking you want to talk about Jameer Gibbs maybe – You do okay, yeah. That's that's I figured you did, Jameer Gibbs. I am I appreciate the fact that he got drafted 30 spots ahead of where he should have gotten drafted (laughs) in the NFL draft. I mean, that means something, but I, I mean, until you've been popped in the NFL at that size, you just don't know. And I'm a little concerned with putting this much fantasy draft capital into this player. Uh, without knowing that, and that's that's where I'm. Other than that, the kid has got speed to burn, and is is just will dive headfirst into anything. I'm just, can he get back up?
1: Yeah, no, I I understand. And as far as as far as before I get into the weeds with him, I think the tier you have, I'm I'm happy with, um, because I think these get these are guys that are on, um, either either on solid offenses or again it's a volume thing. Um, Najee Harris. Now, I know Jalen Warren's in a lot of hype and he and he has looked good. He's got a good burst. I think it's gonna be more of a Zeke Elliott T- Tony Pollard setup there with the Steelers, which we'd never we've never seen before. Tomlin likes that one guy. And and Najee Harris was banged up. People people have the, the the negative stigmatism on him, I think, from last year when he was but he was banged up. When he got healthy in those last four or five weeks, he he started looking like the old Najee. Now, again, Warren's got the burst. So, he's going to have maybe the bigger plays, but I think Najee's going to get back to that grinded out. At the end of the day, he's going to get the touchdowns, I think. Um, I like Najee Harris here, and we know he can catch the ball. So, if, if, he, if they do need to use him in that asset, he can. Aaron Jones, he's it. A.J. Dillon's kind of fallen off a little bit, to be honest. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened there, but Aaron Jones is, we want to talk about Mike Evans and his 1,000 yards for like nine straight seasons. I think Aaron Jones has been a top 12 running back for four straight seasons. Yeah. So, yeah. I, again, I think what they've done in this offseason doesn't take away anything to, to prove that he can't do that again. And he's being drafted right around there as well, around 12 yeah. to 14. So I yeah. like his value. Um, um, Jonathan Taylor, boy, if he shows up, then it's a, it's a heck of a steal in the draft, I think, because we, we know he has that number one or top three running back potential. So yeah. if he if he's yeah. there if if the ankle is truly not an issue and it's a this is more of a political thing um, then I think it's a great steal and he's he's got top three potential Jameer Gibbs um, I don't I the only knock is his size um, but I think the way that we've seen him used in the preseason all the reports we've heard of him being used out wide same time as David Montgomery in the backfield. Um, we've seen what they can do with their running backs. I think they showed that – I think one of the stats from the the, – I follow multiple podcasts, um, and I highly recommend people do too, but um, one of them I think as a group, the Lions running back committee and group last year was like top five in the league in fantasy scoring. Um, So I think him and David Montgomery, I think they have the potential to really explode – David Montgomery is not Jamal Williams, though I think I think Jamal Williams honestly is a better running back than David Montgomery. Per- me personally, um, I think and I think what they want to do with this team and the, the them drafting him as high as they did tells you what they want to do with this guy with this team. I think he's going to get the use. Receptions are key here. If he doesn't hit that that rookie record re- receptions or maybe sixty plus receptions. It's 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 kind of hurting him, but receptions are worth at least three to five carries, and I think he's gonna get them. And I love the burst. So
0: Okay. I agree. And I know we won't cover handcuffing uh tonight, but as you said, <laughs> listen to podcasts and talk about handcuffs. I don't think there's a, a stronger handcuff this year than the two backs here with uh Gibbs with David Montgomery. And Najee Harris with Jalen Moore. I, I just can't tell you that if you take one of those, you need to take the other. Because, as I said, I, I'm concerned that Gibbs is going to miss a few games because of, of his size and getting used to how to get hit in the NFL versus how you can get hit in college. Now, again, he played at the top level in college. But um, but anyway, so I, I, I don't screw. I, I like that tier uh coming in you you you've got um opportunities there and ne- never give up on Aaron Jones right um right. so this next uh this next tier is i've got this kind of wide as we wind out these top 20 and i've got a plus 1 in these in these running backs and so i think any of these guys you're looking at either they've got a a, a run it's an rbbc running back by committee situation but there should be the lead back or the most talented back in that committee um, or there's a it's a unique situation, and I think you in I will say this in this tier, you could draft this one of these guys as an RB two RB three, meaning that he's running in your flex spot or your second running back position, and end up the year as an RB one outside opportunities. And so here here it goes. And so in this I'll, I'll name him out. And I'll, I'll I'll pull the one guy out that I think or two guys out that I really think have possibilities. Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, and James Cook. James Cook is the plus one here. And I, I think it's it's to note that it's what we just said about Jameer Gibbs, I think you can say the same about James Cook. Um and so Buffalo, so I'll talk a bit about James Cook, and then I want to talk about one other here. Um, you know, they brought it Devin Singletary. See you later. It was talked about all year long how they were going to bring him back in. Haven't done it. Um, rumors are there's an offer out from the Bills to the Colts for Jonathan Taylor. We'll see if that's true or not. Um, there, It was validated that they had an offer in earlier this year for Dalvin Cook, and that didn't take. Uh, so they were looking for somebody to replace James, but they didn't. And so unless something happens late, Damian Harris and Grandpa Latavius Murray are, are his backups. And they're fine backups, but James Cook, I think, is in the same spot as Jameer Gibson. And he could catch 60 balls and have double-digit touchdowns in that in that Bill's offense. Just crazy. So I think he's one to look at in this tier that could be an RB1 by the end of the year. And the other guy I want to talk about is Cam Akers. And I talk about how the NFC West is a little bit wide open. And you start looking at those teams and depth charts and you and you think, oh, the 49ers are just gonna be so good. And they're getting a little long in the tooth on the defensive side. And um and uh, my proclivity for the Bosa family is well known. So I'm <laughs> not gonna talk about that. But um I think Cam Akers showed at the at the second half of the year down the stretch. Now it could have just been like we ain't got nothing to play for, we're just handing the ball. But he did pretty well and and put up some pretty decent stats. And so if he is recovered, he would be one of the few offensive players to recover from an Achilles injury and and be successful. So that said, watch out. He owns the backfield. One of the rare situations where you've got in this tier a true three down back uh, in this. Because even though Alexander Madison is replacing Dalvin Cook, I don't think he's going to be that guy. So, um but those are my two guys to think about in this tier uh, and I Cam Akers man watch out it could be interesting. So Jake uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think this is this is where I almost give up on tiers, but I know I, I know we need to go deeper for running backs cuz you dra- there's so many get drafted. So uh this tier for me is, is almost like a 15 man tier cuz I think they all have potential to be possibly a, for sure top for sure top 24 in RB2 and I think for for a majority of them that that at least you can see the path to being a top fifteen guy at a shot at being an RB one. Um, and I think this is this is goes back to my strategy. I think a little bit is <clears throat> um, those guys we talked around about the tier earlier. This is the drop off for me. This is where those guys we were talking about before: Gibbs, Harris, Taylor, um, Jones. Those guys are I think I think are late thirds, early fourths, maybe if you get lucky. Um, I think that's the drop off. I don't think I think these next fifteen plus guys are all just sprinkled throughout the fifth through the eighth through the ninth, tenth round guys. That's where so that's the drop off for me. But I I love them all because they all have an opportunity to for sure be if not a solid RB two, you could see a path to RB one. Um, and so that's what I like about these guys a lot, which is why I love in strategies getting that true one RB. And then going wide receiver heavy at the beginning um, because I tr- I like getting a good good chunk of this big tier right here so yeah uh, we'll jump right into it so you I know um, and if correct me if I'm wrong so I, I think you said ETN he's got the upside it should be a top 12 offense in, in the NFL probably so you want to have the pass catching back of that guy of that group he's got a capable rookie behind him from what we've seen so far in the preseason but he's not a I don't think he's going to take the birds in the pass catching away from ETN. So I'm happy with ETN here. You can see that path. Brees Hall. I don't know if you said his name. Um, yeah. I know, yeah. I know Dalvin's there, but Brees Hall, man, he showed us. He's the real deal. So when he comes back and he's healthy, I think it honestly becomes his backfield again. Um, JK Dobbins. I don't know if you said him or not. The Ravens running backs. They're value, when they're healthy and they're on the field, they are top 24 guys. Yeah. So, Dobbins has flashed it before in his career. I think when healthy, he can get it again. Um, Alexander Madison, I I agree with you. He's not a bell cow, um, but he is the guy. Uh, Again, on offense, I mean, a score, and he's shown the capabilities of being a top 24 back. So, again, I like him in this group. All these guys are going to be – some of them are going to be ranked above 20. Some of them are going to be below because they all can't be there, but they all have the pathway. So, um, we can go through them all, but my favorites, honestly, though – my favorites, yeah. and you, it's two. You actually, it's a couple. You didn't mention. I like Damian Pierce. I think he's actually. People are. People were very worried about the single Terry pickup. Mm-hmm. I like Damian Pierce. He's shown it in the preseason too. I think. I think he is just a bull, and he's just going to run him over. Um, Cam makers everything you said, loved it. Um, I agree with the the late finish last year that showed us he's back. I think a couple you didn't mention that I actually love and they're being drafted behind a lot of these guys actually this again I love this tier it's a little bigger for me I love James Conner cuz again he's the guy there's you want to talk about we talk about nobody behind Tony Pollard there's nobody behind James Conner I I don't even know who's back there and and God, he is proven he's so he old. but he is last year like when he was when it was him he was a top 12 yeah. guy cuz it's cuz it's just yeah. him and now I and right? I, Right. I, I think I think with having Colt McCoy or whoever's back there at QB, he's going to get peppered with with receptions, I think. Um, so I, I think I, and they know he's old. They're going to run him into the ground. So I think I like Jim Conner a lot for his value. Um, I think now that we know the suspension, I love Amari Alvin Kamara here. Um, mm-hmm. I think only missing three games. I'm glad Ken Miller is back on the field. I think he's a good dynasty stash, but this year's not his time. Um, Jamal Williams, we know him as a good goal line within the red zone running back. Kamara is still the receptions guy here, and we know Derek Carr will will throw the ball to the running back. So I like Kamara here for the value. Again, we're talking not doesn't have to be top twelve, but you can see the path. Um yeah. and then and yeah. one more I'll throw out here is Khalil Herbert. Um I think he's won the job I, from what he's shown. And from what the other guys haven't shown, I think he's won that starting job for Chicago. Um, and I know we we love Justin Fields' rushing upside, and yes, that does take away from Khalil. But again, I'm not talking about a top twelve guy, but a guy that has shown when he's on the field, he has the capabilities to be that a top twenty-four, top twenty running back. So
0: okay, so I'm gonna ask you two questions. You got thirty seconds on each one of them. Okay, and, and then <laughs> we're gonna go to targets. So all right, so. <clears throat> Miles Sanders, boom or bust. He's getting he's getting drafted higher than I think he should be drafted.
1: I'm I'm gonna say shoot. It's he's both because that's what he's gonna he's not gonna be consistent at all, but he's gonna revert back to boom bust. I'm gonna I'm gonna say bust because he's going higher than all these guys. Yeah, I'll say bust.
0: All right. And then Isaiah Pacheco can we draft him with confidence as anything more than a flex?
1: No, I think, I think, especially if we're talking PPR, half PPR, if you're in standard leagues, yes, you can then for sure. But I think if you're, if you get any points per reception, I don't think you can. Um, Yeah.
0: Good. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Good enough. All right. So tell me, um, so tell me, Who's your targeted running back coming out of this class? Who, if you're if you're saying okay, my team
1: needs this running back. Um, I I think and target's tough for me because it's somebody that I'm looking at like hey, at their current ADP, I'm snatching them up maybe a little earlier than that if I can, or if he comes to me at that ADP, I'm like it's immediate click yes. Um, I think it's Tony Pollard going at the back end of the second. Mm-hmm. Typically, um, I think it's Jameer Gibbs going at the back end of the third. Um, I like I like both of the guys a lot. I find myself getting a lot of them, and then I find myself drafting a lot, and we—that's why I touched on them: Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers, Khalil Herbert. Those three sprinkled throughout the sixth through the tenth round, I think, are capable, definitely capable, of like flex starts for you, if not your RB two. So. Mm-hmm.
0: I have two targets Nick Chubb. If I can get Nick Chubb, I'm getting him. And Javante Williams. We haven't mentioned him. Yeah. And because we don't, I mean, you, th- again, I, if this doesn't show anything for you guys as you're looking at your draft, there's a lot of quality running backs that have opportunities late. So you know, and Javante Williams, who was a starter, heralded starter, has come back quicker from an ACL, uh MCL, ACL L C L? It was
1: I think it was both. Both, okay. It was two of them. Yeah,
0: it, it, the double. And so he um, but he's coming back and he's in camp and he's practicing in camp. Not just over running a bicycle. He's taking he's taking contact in camp. So I think that's a big thing that he is hes healthy and we do they do wonderful things with ACL injuries now. Really like this guy. Um as much as Samaj P. Ryan um vultured some third down plays from uh Joe Mixon, I don't think you see him taking that from Javante Williams. So those are the two guys that I'm targeting as much as yeah. possible.
1: I agree with that, and Javante he played in the preseason last preseason game, I think mm-hmm. did he not? He had a strong I, run, if I recall. Okay, yeah, um, he
0: could have. I didn't get a chance to see so, that, but yeah, and uh, so I, I if thought he's he did.
1: Ready, so, if he's
0: ready, man, I don't know. Um, uh, Sean Payton will. I mean, he's known to have. I don't it, doubt so, it.
1: I don't so, doubt it. Yeah, I, so. I like that a lot. And then I think, I think um, you hit on it earlier too. If you if you're a big if you're a big believer in Ramondre Stevenson, I think you need to be a big believer in uh, James Cook. Uh, both those guys have bigger backs on their teams that potentially could take goal line carries, but they both have tremendous upside in the passing game and from the 20 to the 20. And James Cook has kind of separated himself, I think, from it being a 50-50 split with the other running backs. So, yeah, yeah,
0: I like him. all. Good deal. All right, well then, let's move to the honey hole. The place where the value is right now in fantasy football and, and and in the NFL, actually, and that's at the wide receiver position. So we're coming into where you want as many of the guys that we talk about as possible. And I think as Jacob said in his strategy and what I'm looking at from a tier strategy, you can come out of the draft in your first three picks with multiple wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos coming out of that if if you play it right if you look for these if you're not trying to balance out and just take somebody just cuz that position is open get these guys as many times as you can so um so here we go so i i more than any other player in the NFL today i think Justin Jefferson is far and away the best pick not only for his position but for fantasy football I, I think there are a couple of defensive players in the NFL you could say are better um, for their team than Justin Jefferson, but not offensively. I just am really high on Justin Jefferson. I think he's got all the tools to be a phenomenal wide receiver and a and a, and a phenomenal fantasy star. And I don't think we need to say anything else. Do you agree or disagree?
1: No, I I have him on in, in a tier of his own. He's the one guy. The next guys we're talking about are obviously, you can say what you want about possibly being in a tier with him, but he's the only one I think where you're just like, hey, I honestly can't say a damn thing. Like, there's not the injury risk. There's not this. That there's there's just nothing. He's just it's just him. So just I got him. nothing more to add. So. Just him.
0: Just him. Okay, there you go. Draft him if, it, <coughs> if unless unless. <laughs> Uh there's nobody else. If if Justin Jefferson is on the board for you, you need to take him. Period. End of story. No matter what kind of draft you got going on. I've even heard it talked about it in Superflex. You may be better off taking Justin Jefferson the one on one. Now they'll laugh at you, but you could be. Anyway, <laughs> um so the next tier I have, and I think it, the first two guys, well, I say the the next guys Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill are my next three guys. And um I think you could I, I struggle putting Stefan Diggs in there, but I think I've got a next tier that I think those guys are more leveled out. But these are the big play guys, Jamar Chase, especially. I think he's the next man up, but but Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Tyreek Hill uh are the next tier. And it and it, they've all got a little bit of question mark Tyreek because of his quarterback situation, and we talked about Tua and his ability to stay healthy. That could be that could impact him a little. He showed he was a he was pretty um, uh, he could get around that last year. Cooper Cup coming back from a significant injury as well. So other than that, though, um, I think this is the next tier. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and I, I do put Diggs in that tier. He's the bottom of the tier when you rank him, but he, I do put him in that tier because consistently, I think the last three years. And let me pull it up on the site I like to use, but. Yeah, so since joining Buffalo, he's never finished below wide receiver 7. Last year wide receiver 4, the year before that 7, the year before that 3. I think he the it he's on a high-powered, high-scoring offense that I think that's what keeps him in that tier, being the wide receiver one and getting the volume he gets and the command he gets in that high-volume offense. The other guys I think are more they're more athletic, more superstars. But until he again, he has he has he hasn't proven to me otherwise. He doesn't belong in that tier. So
0: yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna ask a question for a guy that I know. Um, so this friend of mine has pick eight in a PPR draft. Yeah, and it keeps coming down to his choices are Bijan Robinson or Stefan Diggs at the one eight because all the guys we've talked about. Have gone before him. We haven't talked about Kelsey yet, but those other the top running backs, the top three wide, those other wide receivers are gone. Bijan Robinson or Stephon Diggs.
1: I'm, it, and this is one of those points where yeah, and the first round's so tough. Honestly, I I take Stephon there again. I like going the wide receiver heavy route earlier. Instead, you can grab the one RB, so maybe you get Chubb in the second because you're obviously drafting at the 108. So maybe you have a shot at Chubb um, or that top that top RB still. But I think the consistency from the wide receivers are just too strong there for me personally. Excellent.
0: Excellent. He, I'm sure my friend really appreciates that advice. <laughs> okay. It's a, well, great,
1: it's a great question, though. It's a great
0: question. <laughs> All right, um, all right. So let's go to this next tier that I have. Let's and and I agree with you. Let's push digs into that upper tier. Okay. Okay. And so we've got the next tier I have, and it was hard for me to place the bottom, but I think I've got it. C. D. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, A. J. Brown, and Devontae Adams. I've put Devonte Adams into this tier, um, but. You know about for Jimmy G, but I think these are guys. Mm-hmm. These are all wide receiver ones, and are going to put up very similar numbers to each other. It's going to be very hard to to pick between them that that what you want. But I think as you look at the ones, you look at C.D. Lamb with a, a high-powered offense. Amon Ross St. Brown being the number one target in a in a very uh, a high-volume offense doesn't score as much as the Cowboys, but very high-volume offense. AJ Brown, we've talked about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts already. Um, and then Devontae Adams just being Devontae Adams with an <laughs> adequate quarterback, I think puts him in that tier. And then I, I stopped there because everyone else backed that. We start to look at wide the second, the wide receiver two on their team, but possibly wide receiver one um production in fantasy. But I think that's where it stops. These are the number one targets for their team.
1: I yes, I agree with you hundred percent for those guys. <clears throat> I I like to add Garrett Wilson just because I think there's enough of a break between him and the next guys. And it, for me it comes down to who can I picture having ten plus touchdowns this year. Garrett okay. Wilson is one of those guys. Uh okay. I know I know Amon Ra's a PPR guy, but he's but he's pretty damn good at it, so that's why he's in this tier. Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, they can all be 10-plus touchdown guys, plus some. I think Garrett Wilson, although I have not ranked at the bottom of those guys, I think who we're going to mention next is a big enough separation because the touchdowns could come his way heavily this year, having Aaron Rodgers now instead of a Zach Wilson or, or a Mike White or somebody. So yeah.
0: That's a great point. And, and so hopefully what the listeners are learning here is as we fuzzy the lines on these tier breaks that's how deep the wide receivers are in talent and so um that's why i think you're drafting everyone we're talking about here before those running backs we talked about in tiers four and five or in tier three even the, these are the guys that are going to go next because of the value they have and the, the points that they can provide um, and there's just not that much of a difference you don't see that fall off so I did have a tear break mm-hmm. there before getting to Garrett Wilson, just because of the second year sophomore slump, possibly. But they are all breaking out now in the second year, seems like. And yeah. um, Aaron Rodgers certainly is an upgrade. And we have seen if if you're a Hard Knocks fan, or if you've and if you've been watching <laughs> any preseason football, that Garrett Wilson does does fit Aaron Rodgers' uh, delivery really well. I mean, and so. He's that kind of guy that Aaron Rodgers can put in a space and he go get it. And that's, you know, um and, and so I, I agree with that. But in that tier above above Garrett Wilson, uh Jake, who who do you have at the top of that? I know we've talked about Amon Ra being such a PPR freak. But
1: yeah. let's talk about
0: C D Lamb, AJ Brown. Um, I I am I struggle sometimes to try to decide, you know, AJ's got a sign has great talent next to him and Devontae Smith, and they can kind of flip-flop sometimes on who is having the better game. I think CD has a little separation from Brandon Cooks. We'll see. Um, Brandon Cooks has been successful everywhere he's gone, but I think he's significantly a better receiver than Brandon Cooks in comparison to A.J. Brown being that much better than Devontae Smith. So what do you think about those two guys uh, as far as where they would be in this tier?
1: They're bang-bang for me, even overall, um, <clears throat> uh, rankings-wise. But yeah, especially wide receivers, they're back-to-back. They're at the top of this tier for me as well. CeeDee Lamb, I think, has peaked. This is his peak value. He's the number one slot receiver, uh, besides maybe Cooper Cup, who does play in the slot. Um, but the rest of those guys above him are all outside receivers that are just elite outside receivers. This is a guy that is an elite, the elite slot receiver, CeeDee Lamb. And he can play outside, obviously, too, but I think he played majority of his snaps in the slot last year, and he was a, he was a, top, 12, a top 10 guy consistently. Um, so I think he's a dominant player. I don't think this offense is going to slow down as much as people are worried about. I think them acquiring Brandon Cooks, not putting the security behind Tony Pollard, they're, they're not going to have success running Tony Pollard into the ground. Um, and so I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, and they're set up to do it, and they're set up to do it. So, anyways, all that being said, I'm not worried about CD Lamb at all. I give the tiebreaker almost always to any Philadelphia Eagle, whether it's Hurts, Brown, or Smith, because I feel like that. Because the tiebreaker to me is that these guys didn't play in the second half of most games. <laughs> they were blowing people out, and they didn't do anything in the second half. So, just imagine if they actually have to play part of the second half, even. If not a whole second half, who knows? And so that, that to me is the tiebreaker between these two is that I think AJ Brown just, that offense has the potential to just explode again. So that's
0: a, that's a great pull right there. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. They're, they're in the top tiers at half a game. Just think
1: if they get in a shootout, they're going to play the whole game.
0: That's excellent. Excellent. Well, let's, um, uh, so we talked about their Woods. their
1: schedule's not the easiest, I don't believe the Philadelphia Eagles. They're okay. they're not supposed to have an easy schedule this year. So
0: No, anyway. so maybe that could be better. <laughs> for somebody, That's what I'm saying. Be like, yeah. AJ Brown be might
1: actually have to compete in the fourth quarter, so.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about this next year and I think this is where we see uh teammates of some of the guys that we've talked about in the upper tiers show up because of the offenses that we just talked about. So for me Correct. this next year uh uh, not quite as big, uh, not quite as big as the tier three we see in others. But so, so I think you could take it down a long ways because of the depth here. But here's here's the break. So we've got uh, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, and then I stop it at DK Metcalf um, because I think after that there's there is some drop off to points, uh, uh, but. And you could argue the guys that we'll talk about in the next tier are just as good as these. And if you want, Jake, do you want me to combine these two tiers? Do you think uh, they're all one tier?
1: No, I do have a break. 20. I'll okay. let you. I'll, I've I've added one guy every tier we talked about so okay. far. So I will I will break it here for you. Okay. But we we'll, there there are definitely some guys in the next tier that I like. And again, I'm drafting this tier and the next tier. Well before that massive tier we talked about in running backs. After that, Jameer Gibbs, and even and even these guys yeah. are mixed in with those guys. Actually, yeah.
0: we're drafting so these guys. These we haven't even gotten three, to the
1: end of the third round, maybe.
0: Yeah, with these guys, so we're drafting tier three, so, tier four guys <clears throat> in wide receivers before we're drafting tier four, tier five guys in running backs. You got to yeah. get these guys, and so understand we're, the the twenty guys we're going to talk are twenty plus a few. We're talking about in wide receivers. You're drafting before um, you get at or, or at, before you get to running back eleven or twelve, right? So yeah, that's no, that's the difference we're talking about here. So um, so anyway, so in that so so the next tier. So in that tier, what do you think? Waddle, Olave, Higgins, Smith, and Metcalf. Who? How do you rank
1: them? So i I have for me me personally. I have Chris Olave at the top um, because I think he is the wide receiver one for his team. The rest of these guys are not. Now, like you said, these are all the partners of those elite guys because these are elite offenses, um, and they are high-scoring offenses, um, and so then that's why they're here. But Chris Olave, to me, he's he is the guy. I think he was the rookie last year learning it. He Now he has Derek Carr. He's in the system again for a second year. I think he he flashed it plenty last year. Um, so I think he has the capability of truly breaking out as as a sophomore wide receiver um for this team. And so I like him a lot with Derek Carr as his quarterback. So he's my he's my number one guy in this tier.
0: Yeah, I like uh he is smooth and and I think with a with Derek Carr's uh quarterback play, I think the sky's the limit for Chris Holabi. Yeah. I think this is a definite breakout. Not and that's think, really a breakout candidate, but he really can. Uh, I think yeah. he could move himself into wide receiver one territory very quickly. And if,
1: yeah, and if Derek Carr and if Derek Carr does what we know he has done throughout his entire career, whoever that number one guy is for him is who's going to get probably fifty percent targets when you're watching it. At the end of the year, it probably will end up being like a twenty twenty five, just because of stats. But it's going to look like he's getting everything during a game because Derek Carr is a one stop shop kind of guy, typically. Darren Waller, when healthy, peppered. Devontae Adams, peppered. He's a one-stop shop guy, I think. And Chris Olave is going to be that guy for him. Mm-hmm. So, but if and again, if you notice the guys we just we just rattled off, none of these guys are are go up and get it, touchdown, top ten, top ten plus touchdown guys. That's why there was the tear break for me. But these guys are like you. I think you said the word smooth. You could probably say that for all of these guys. They're smooth. They're they're st- if they they would be wide receiver ones on other teams, right. and so that's why I think they're up here. So I
0: agree. And the one guy that's in this list that truly is his wide receiver one is DK Metcalf. And
1: you did say DK. That's my fault. Yeah. DK is and the wide see, receiver one, obviously. Yeah. He's
0: now and and but Tyler Lockett is very close to a one a. Depend and and I think he DK Metcalf and Taylor or Tyler Lockett are very similar to AJ Brown and Devonte Smith in mm-hmm. any given day, depending upon coverage, the other one could outscore it. one could outscore the right. other. Right. And so it's, um, you know, it, it's not the best strategy to put two of these guys on your team. I wouldn't recommend that necessarily because if the Seahawks or the Eagles somehow have a bad game, you're toast. But, um, you know, this is based on, we think this guy's going to have more of those games than the other. And I, DK is still one right. of the he's still one of the you know physically one of the the outstanding specimens in the NFL. Yeah. I mean this guy is just a, a freak. Yeah. And so um I, I think he he and Geno finally got some rhythm uh, during the year, and I think we'll see more of that this year. I think they're gonna let Geno yeah. chunk it a little bit more because they just weren't sure what they have and they found this system works. I really think DK's got an opportunity. As I said earlier, the Seahawks yeah. to me look to be resurgent. I really like I really like the DK pick in this in this I tier.
1: I agree, and I, and yeah, and so just just to clear up any confusion, DK is does have the capabilities of being a ten plus touchdown guy. I still don't have him in that top tier because the Seahawks offense, I don't think, is going to be. Fast pace enough, put up the amount of points enough to put him gotcha. in that tier up there. He he you. could he he definitely he is he is the he is built to be a ten plus touchdown receiver. I just don't think now Gino can prove me wrong taking another step forward in this offense. I don't think that's his style though. I think he's gonna sit perfectly and like, hey, I'll be the most accurate QB in the league. I'm going to Drew Brees it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you quick. I'm gonna hit you accurate and let my receivers do the work for me. Um, and so I think. I think I see them keeping the exact same pace as last year with them drafting Zach Charbonnet. I, I, I think they liked what they had in Gino and they don't want to, don't mess with it. It worked. So, but for fantasy purposes, that's, that's why DK, I have him in this tier and not the one above. I just don't see the, the amount of, of, um, targets and attempts, I guess, in the offense being there as the other guys above him.
0: Yeah. But certainly,
1: certainly could be, certainly could be.
0: Yeah. So last guy I'll talk about in this, this tier, then we'll move on. Um, I don't have a problem with Jalen Waddle being in this this tier because of the PPR. Much like we talked about Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tyree Kill is the big play guy. Jalen Waddle is the first down getter, and he's great at it. And he he lives in that ten yards from the line of scrimmage. And I think he is probably more is better insurance on a to a uh, quarterback change than Tyree Kill is. And Miami, we talked about two. And if two is there, I think both of these guys are definitely to have enough footballs thrown to them to to uh, support their position. But if there is a quarterback, has to be a quarterback change in Miami. I think Jalen Waddle is hurt less by it than Tyree Kill, just because of the type of you, you know what you're getting with him. Right, he's going to be a wide receiver too, a strong wide receiver too, no matter what. And so I, I'm I don't have a problem with him being in this tier for PPR. If you're not a PPR or even a half point. I think Waddle may fall out of this.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I won't spend too much time on it, but he, w- he finished as the wide receiver seven last year, mm-hmm. so you know he has the capability of being a top ten wide receiver and a wide receiver one in fantasy. Um, the di- the biggest difference, and he- he was, I think that's where we're getting to, is the difference between him and Tyreek Hill, who's being drafted as the, the top three guy, is he's a more boom-bust player being that wide receiver too. He, if Tyreek Hill is not there, he probably has he gets more consistent, obviously, because of more targets, more more opportunity. But because he is the second target, it, he's got a bigger, more of a boom bust, less consistency kind of style. But when he hits, though, really hits, and that's why he can finish as your wide receiver seven on the year, and that's why he's in this tier.
0: Here's our here's our last tier, and I'm I had an original twenty. But I'm going to list two or three other guys because I know Jacob's going to list them (laughs) because this is deep. They're deep. So um, I start with Calvin Ridley, and then we got Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Tyler Lockett. And then I'll add, just because of the closeness here and what we talked about, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, and Christian Kirk. Um, we've talked about Jacksonville being a much better offense this year and supporting two wideouts, um, you know, with Calvin Ridley's situation, um, with him being at Jacksonville um after his uh DraftKings issue and uh um now with um uh with Christian Kirk. I think that's where it stopped for me. There's a tear break there when he's talking about Deontay Johnson and Drake London and Marquise Brown. I think those are still good picks, but a different tier than this. And so, Jake, what do you think about that that five to eight man tier right there
1: yeah i think this is where i truly like a lot of these guys and they're going in that rb dead space and that's why i think i like these guys a lot and that's why i group that's why i pick up a lot of that other rb group because they're typically going after i like all of these receivers um <clears throat> and honestly this might be the one of the years where i maybe get even more comfortable with taking in my top couple picks maybe even one wide running back one wide receiver the top tight end the top quarterback knowing I love all of the volume at wide receiver and running back at the back end all with all that being said focus on these guys um I I lost you a little bit the beginning when you started ranking these, these listening this tier but I'm assuming you were listing Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper those guys I have at the top of this tier for me um Keenan Allen I I'm a huge fan I I do like Kellen Moore as an OC I, that's just me personally. I think he brings fantasy value to, to his team where he's at, where he's coaching. Um, and Keenan Allen, when healthy, he's the guy for Justin Herbert. Um, so in a PPR league, I think he has the highest floor of that receiving trio. And I think it's even higher now that Kellen Amore is there. Um, Amari Cooper, if Deshaun Watson takes the step back to being what he was at Houston, Amari Cooper has proven us year and again that he's, He's still around. People might think he's 35 years old, but he's only, like you mentioned, he's only 28, I think. Maybe maybe going to be 29 during the season, but he's he's in his prime as a wide receiver, and he's proven it year in, year out. So I think he's a solid floor guy for the tier we're talking about here. And then some more guys listed. Deebo Samuel has finished as a top three wide receiver before. He's, he, he came out and flat out said, last year I was never healthy. This year I'm fully ready to go. I'm excited to see what he can do with Brock Purdy consistently back there. Um, Getting him in space, he's he is a freak with the ball in his hand. So obviously, huge upside there. Calvin Ridley looks great in the preseason. Looks like he's in his old self. He's quick. He's fast. We always knew he's a good route runner. I think he has the potential to, if not wide receiver one, wide receiver one a one b with Christian Kirk. I like them both because I like again I like Jacksonville's offense. So. I'm very excited to see what Calvin Ridley can do there. Marquise Brown, he's he's it for the wide receivers in, in Arizona. I think I he I'm worried about him because of the beginning of the year, but once Kyler's back, I think he's good. He's gonna he's gonna get peppered all year round. Um, and some other guys just a little further down, but I like them in this tier a little bit. And you might have said them, but I love Jerry Judy. Um, I think even with the offense last year, for how god awful it was, he showed before we got hurt. That he 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 was the guy. Now I think Sutton has the ability to be the the red zone target. Jerry Judy's the the guy though. I think he's mm-hmm. he's it. He has the capability to really taking over and finishing as a top fifteen guy for you. Yeah. Um, and one more that I really like, or actually I'll give you two more. Two more that I really like. Uh, again, I love these wide receivers are great. Um, Mike Evans until he doesn't do it, I'm not gonna dis not, not disrespect him. And he's going in like the seventh and eighth round, um, yeah. like um, there's no other, there's nobody near his capabilities down there, and he's that's where he's going. And so, and the, the, all the reports, yes, it's Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball, but Baker Mayfield throws a damn good deep ball, and that's where Mike Evans lives. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't see an issue with Baker just chucking it, <laughs> and Mike Evans, who's bigger than most everybody that he's with, taking it down. And you saw last year. At the very end of last year, he won people, some people a lot of championships. He still has that, that wide receiver one finish ability in a week. So I like Mike <laughs> Evans a lot. And then one more, just because I love them all, Jahan Dotson. Boy, you Jahan go. Dotson. I, uh, you I think stole my
0: he, thunder on that one. That's oh, a good darn. one. Oh, darn. That's yeah. a good one.
1: I think he's going a couple rounds later than Terry McLaurin, who I think is banged up right now, actually. Toe. Turf toe. Turf toe. So... Um, so I I love Jahan Dotson's value. I think he really showed he he can he could be a ten plus touchdown guy. Just he he was rolling last year before his injury. So um, I think him with Sam Howell, who has looked good, so um, I think he's going to be a capable starter uh, for what we've seen so far. And that's all Jahan Dotson needs. So I like him for his value a lot down there.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you. So I, I'm gonna yeah just. Uh... I agree. So I want to ask one question. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll first I'll say this because uh, you're Mike Evans pick, and I agree with that. I think if anybody gets hurt, it's Chris Godwin. And in rankings, I've seen Chris Godwin significantly higher than Mike Evans, and that's could probably because of youth and because of last year, had a much more successful year. But with the way Baker Mayfield throws the football, I think – they're they're much more they're much closer than that, and in most mock drafts that I'm doing, I'm seeing them very close together. And so, uh, I personally am with you. I think Mike Evans is the one that may have a better fantasy year uh, out of those two. If you had to go to Tampa Bay and get somebody, and I, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I, I you know take them before Drake London with Atlanta, but um uh but um the question is DeAndre Hopkins. Are we leaving him alone? Because he's right in the middle of this tier, and sig- the guy has been a fantasy stud, and yet last year was just a wash, right? So he just traded away, doesn't know what he's doing now. He's he's established with, with Tennessee. Uh, Traylon Burks is coming back and has, has hurt himself a little bit, but will be available in the early part of the season. But what do we think about DeAndre Hopkins?
1: I think my only issue with DeAndre – <clears throat> is that I don't think the ceiling is there as it used to be because, not because of DeAndre, because of the Titans. It's I think it's still Derrick Henry's team. I think this is, a still, this is a still a ground-and-pound defense-style winning team. Then you rely on Ryan Tannehill when you have to, and DeAndre Hopkins is a very good safety blanket for any quarterback. Um, so that's why I think his ceiling is not that high as maybe some other guys in this tier. But the floor is definitely still there because it's DeAndre Hopkins, and that's why he's in this tier for me. The problem is, is though I think he costs the most of everybody in this tier, because yes. and, and I, I think he that's works. a name. I think that's a name thing, and so yeah. I have a hard time pulling the trigger on him, knowing I can get any of these guys probably a round or two later um, than where DeAndre Hopkins is typically needing to be taken in drafts. So that's why I don't have a lot of shares of DeAndre Hopkins. Any of the mock drafts I've done are best balls, but. Um, that being said, if he's there for you, and, and you, let's say let's say you did go RB heavy, or maybe you went tight end QB and RB first couple picks, and you really need a, a wide receiver one for your team, he's not a bad one because that's what he is for a team. He is a wide receiver one for an NFL team. So,
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. Sure enough. So I'll jump right into my. So we'll talk about targets, and I'll go first here in this. So, you know. When we talk about wide receivers and the targets that uh, I want to come out of the draft with, you know, I really don't have a wide receiver in this top tier that I have a target because they're all good. Correct. If I've got again, if Justin Jefferson's on the board, I'm taking him. But I don't have the one one or one two or <laughs> yeah. one three picking any You're not draft that him, I have. Man. Yeah. So I don't think I'm getting it. But um, other than that, so so I'm going to reach way back and one of you said Jahan Dotson. I. I really like him. I think he's a target. If you can get him in the eighth round, grab him. I with the news on Terry McLaurin, he's probably moving his way up. He's probably now going to be more of a sixth round guy. We'll see because he's probably moving up in this in this tier. He's getting he's getting to be uh, popular. I don't mm-hmm. like him being popular, <laughs> um, but. No, That is one of the problems with drafting later. These popular guys you can get uh, with a better value. But here's the other guy. Here's my plus one, and I really do like this guy um, because I think his value is so much more where he's getting drafted, and that's DJ Moore. And DJ Moore has been productive with very poor quarterback play. And Justin Fields, uh, we know him for his legs. He's gotten better as a thrower. He's still not... Prototypical the guy you know he's not going to throw the ball 40 times he's going to throw 20 25 times but guess what 10 or 15 of those are going to DJ Moore DJ Moore may lead the league in percentage of targets for his team because there's absolutely no one else there. And I really like DJ Moore at the value that you're getting and I'm really targeting a lot of DJ Moores I'm coming out of these drafts and um and he's crafty he's not the biggest he's not the fastest. But he just he just goes and gets footballs and makes football plays and I think that's what you need from a a Justin Fields type quarterback. I really like targeting DJ Moore late. So so Jake, who do you have as a target here?
1: Yeah, and I I agree with you on the wide receivers. I don't want to pick a target for these probably the top fifteen guys even because I like them all. Because they're they're all top, they're all round one two guys. Um, So I'm not going to pick them if I had to the later one would be chris Olave of that old tier but um, I agree with that. so if you're if you're looking a little further down um i i don't mind the dj Moore guy because he's boy just talk about consistency i don't i don't i think he's always finished between 18 and 22 his last four years in a ppr scoring in this format so um my my guys that i like to, that i'm gonna target and I, I find myself grabbing them a lot in drafts tyler lockett talk about consistency. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy is Mr. Sleeper every year, but he's never finished below wide receiver 15 in the last six years. So I, I think it's because everyone just equates him with the boom bustness of him. But I think super consistent are wide receiver two in fantasy. So a top 24 guy, if not always a top 15 guy. Um, And then with the JSN news, which is what I think deflated him a lot. So he'll probably we'll probably see him rise over the next week, as, especially as real drafts start kicking off. Because um, the J, but the JSN news I think is going to bolster Tyler Lockett a lot. Um, so I like Tyler Lockett a lot. Um, another guy I find targeting a lot besides Jahan Dotson besides Jahan Dotson, I find myself liking a lot of Calvin Ridley. I think I think I think I've I've seen it before. I'm hoping for his comeback. Um, I like what I'm seeing on tape. He looks like he's the guy for that Jacksonville offense, and I want a piece of that offense. I think, and I, I find myself liking him in a fourth yeah. round.
0: Yeah. Hey, who's your wide receiver one on your dynasty team?
1: Uh, Debo Samuel, <laughs> not Calvin Ridley. <laughs> he, he's he's wide receiver one B. <laughs> so <laughs> so. Along along with Mike, along with Mike Evans. (laughs) There you go.
0: Well, just for those folks who don't know who Jason Jackson Smith Najiba number one Najiba Najigba is the number one wide receiver taken in the NFL draft. Went to Seattle. Has a wrist injury, broken wrist, I think, or fractured wrist. Had surgery today. Uh, Definitely out until week one maybe back week one week two they said like maybe
1: that. i don't think it's possible though because they waited a okay. little bit i think to see it and i don't know for sure if he got surgery or not um okay because i think there was there i think he might there might still be waiting to see a hand specialist to, to truly confirm if surgery is okay. necessary but my guess is he'll get surgery and he'll probably not be there week one if that's my guess so. i would
0: guess that as well so um but uh Again, somebody to still take late because that's gonna he was really rising up, especially after that yeah. big play he had uh in the preseason. But uh uh don't forget that name uh late in your drafts if you're looking for rookies. And I think that's something we have time to talk about. Uh, there's some really good rookie wide receivers to target this year. Oh, um, yeah. Uh with value, right? With value. Um, all right. Well, we want to talk just real quickly. Um, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. The tight ends. And um, because as we're seeing, there are a few of these guys that are can be difference makers on your fantasy football team. And really, I've only got three tiers here. Really, I wanted to talk about Jake. We won't go deep into these tight ends because there's really once you get past um, first 12 or 13 or so, you, you may not even get into your draft and have to draft a backup tight ends. In most cases, you can do waiver wire pickups to get a uh, tight end for your bye week or if you get an injury. So I don't know mm-hmm. that that necessarily is the case here. But uh, I do want to, you know, we'll talk and, and and I don't think we, much like Justin Jefferson, this is the next guy that you could say best of his position is Travis Kelsey. And I think this year in particular, every and, and we said this about Derrick Henry, uh, you said it about Mike Evans, until he stops doing it, you got to believe he's going to continue to do it. And um, they didn't bring anybody in to be the wide receiver one for the Chiefs or receiver one for the Chiefs. This is your receiver one for the Kansas City Chiefs and um, and Patrick Mahomes. And so uh, far and away, I, I'm not a big fan of drafting tight ends in the first round except for this guy. And so I think that this year especially you could look at that, but no doubt about it. It's, he's just a no-doubter, right? If you if you pass yeah. the running backs and, – and you're – your choice, dealer's choice. If you feel like he's more, he he has more value. Uh, than uh, it'd be tough to say he's got more value than Christian McCaffrey or Justin Jefferson. But after those guys are gone, I think if I wouldn't argue with you for taking Travis Travis Kelsey. I personally am taking Eckler and Jamar Chase before him. But I could see you taking Travis Kelsey in that in that range. I I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you for it.
1: Yeah, I think I think I think if Cooper Cup wasn't banged up coming into the season, I would have Cup ahead of him. I don't now, and okay. so therefore I have I have Kelsey I, I have no problem with you taking him after Jefferson, McCaffrey, Eckler, Chase, and Hill. I think Tyree Hill is just ahead of him. But it's I, I I I won't fault you if you take him ahead of Hill. But I think that's where he that's where he lands and is the fifth or sixth overall pick, and that's just how good he is. So yeah. not, so not much more to say.
0: Yeah, I'll say if you're in the one twelve, and Travis Kelsey is on the board, and you oh don't God. take him,
1: you're a jabroni. You better take him. You better take him two one then. <laughs> you're a jabroni.
0: Uh, so, um, uh, so, so after Kelsey, uh, I think there's a. I've got four guys here that I think are 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 the next quarterback taken. Some of them get taken early, and some of them get taken a little later in your draft. But I think. This is where I think if you don't get Kelsey, you can pull back and think I'm going to grab a tight end uh, if you're looking at one of these guys in your middle rounds. And that's Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, and Darren Waller. And I'm not as high on Mark Andrews as a lot of people are. If 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 you're saying that if you're in the camp that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to throw 35 times a game now and because of the pace of play of this offense is going to increase and there's going to be 20% or 15% more I forgot there's a statistic out there where they're saying this is this many more plays are going to run. Um, if you believe that, and Mark Andrews is getting forty forty percent of those, then you can add those targets to what he did, and he's and he's phenomenal. But I I think with Zay Flowers in this offense, actually going to try to get the ball wide, that he doesn't have the impact that uh, that the value is being put into put to him now, but. If if you're in the third round and he's still there, I don't. That's a good value. I, I I just can't see taking him in the second round in front of one of those tier one, tier two wide receivers or a tier one, uh, tier two running back. So, um, I I Mark Andrews definitely the top of this class. Then T J Hawkinson for me. Then Darren Waller and then I think George Kittle has got to that point where we can't expect him to play sixteen games during the fantasy football season, right? I, I just don't. I just don't see that happening anymore. He's gonna be out some when he's in and it's his game, he'll do very well. Especially with Brock Purdy at quarterback. But uh I that's where I have him, Andrews, Hawkinson, Waller and, and Kittle. What do you
1: think? I have tier one is Travis Kelsey on his own, tier two is Mark Andrews on his own. And then I get into Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, and then I I I do, and I'm looking at a, a website that I like to use, but I, it's because I trust their rankings. And I like their analysis. I like that they have Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts as that tier three, and Kittle has moved. Kittle's been regulated, relegated, relegated down to tier four, because there's just I I don't see any upside to Kittle because he's still being drafted as if he has that top three tight end potential. I just don't. I don't think he does anymore. I think there's so many freaking weapons that I, and I think with the the step forwards we've seen over the last two years, especially last year with Brandon Ayuk, I think Kittle might be the fourth target in this offense with CMC there. And so I don't want to be drafting as a, my, as a, in a fourth round pick, which is where he's going, uh, a fourth target on a team. Um, and so, and I, and I think, and I like, and I, I agree with Kyle Pitts being in the range of Darren Waller and Hodgson, even though I have him, if you had to rank him, he's below him. I like him there because, and you'll, we'll get into it with the rest of these tight ends, it doesn't take much to be a, a top tight end in this league. No one's surpassing Kelsey or Andrews, I think. And the, the reason I like Andrews so much is everything you just said is what I believe, but also because we've seen him we've seen him beat Travis Kelsey as the, to be the tight yep. end one. He's done it before. No one else on this list can say that besides him and Travis Kelsey. So that's why I separate him, and I think he's worth that. Yeah, especially a third-round pick. Second round, I agree. I'm not taking him in the second round. There's too much good of value with the wide receivers and running backs. But third round, it's an easy smash for Mark Andrews. Um, but for Waller, Pitts, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, we saw the capabilities last year. He's, a, he's got a whole offseason in the system now. They got rid of Thielen. You have the rookie, Addison. Although we expect big things from Addison, I think Hawkinson could fight to be that true number two target in the in the passing game. Darren Waller is going to be the number one target in the passing game if if anything at least the number one red zone target in the passing game cuz he's a foot taller than all the wide receivers probably <laughs> so but i if nothing else the rumors all reported him being the number one guy and i've seen nothing else but him be that in the preseason getting a 50% target share or something close to it in the preseason let alone so i think he's the guy so sheer volume alone and Kyle Pitts it's not going to be good volume but it's it's a it's a heavy volume a lot more than all these other guys are about to list so that's why he's in that tier for me. Sheer volume, yeah. sheer opportunity.
0: I couldn't agree more, and I, I will agree with you that on Mark Andrews, that's probably you're probably right. I think he's probably in the tier on his own because there's a significant difference where he's getting drafted and the next guys are going as far as their ADPs, and and rightly so. Although I will say for me, um, I am torn that the the possibilities for Darren Waller at the Giants really. It's intriguing if that all pans out. He hasn't stayed healthy in quite some time, and he's significantly—I say significant, a few years older, he is older. than the the rest of these guys. But he didn't really start his. He didn't really start getting playing time till he was older. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's um, that can be a, a, a significant part of it as well. I'm really high on TJ Hawkinson for all those things you said. I think he truly is going to be their uh, second target. Um, especially as I talked about earlier with for for Kirk Cousins, that with um uh Cook gone, the I think those five, six yard targets out of the backfield are going to TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think um Jordan Addison is gonna be a great player. Um KJ Osborne is is a good receiver. Um and so uh but I I still think Hawkinson is it, he he can spread out and and get to the slot he can play close to the close to the line and is if there's a fault for Kirk Cousins and it is a fault for Kirk Cousins <laughs> he's going to get rid of the ball quickly and that guy's TJ Hawkinson and so i really think Hawkinson and Waller both in that fourth round fifth round if you get there i think are really good values and just see what you play and so i'm with you 100% on that i am still not there on Kyle Pitts because of Desmond Ritter, and I, I'll I'll just say that he just fell off the face of the earth last year without a good quarterback, and and it could have been second year, right? And I may still be bitter because he cost me a draft pick. Um, I, I I bought the hype, but uh, but still, I think he. I, it showed me that last year he's got to have a quality quarterback, than get him the football, and I I I don't see that from Ritter yet. And um uh certainly um we'll certainly see uh, what happens there. But, but that to me pitch would be at the bottom of that. But but still I think that gets you once you get past those guys I think it's okay whoever. So the next the next tier that that I see here and I I'll I'll say it's uh Pat Fryermouth, Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram uh, I hate to say this name, Dalton Schultz and Tyler Higbee. Uh and then and then there's some guys, and I'll just go ahead and run this tier out and, and because I, I think once you're once you're here and talking about tight ends, they're all once you get back <laughs> there, they're pretty much the same. But Great. um except for two guys. So um so up uh, uh Higbee, um, the Tennessee tight end, Okwonku. I know I'm gonna say that right, wrong, and then Njoku at Cle- Cleveland. Uh, Don Kikade at Buffalo and Gerald Everett uh, at the Chargers, I, I think are all viable tight end one, tight end top, tight end twos, that you, if you had to draft a second tight end, those are the ones you're drafting. Anybody after that, I think you're taking a shot on. I don't think you'd want to get past that without a tight end on your roster. Anything from, I think, those names I just put out there, I think, if you got any of those as your tight end one because you took them in the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th round is fine because you're, because there's just that not that much value at the tight end position after that. You're sacrificing a wide receiver two or wide receiver three by taking uh wall those, those guys we talked about at the top, but down here, you're, you're, you're on solid ground with the rest of your team. So of those guys that are there, there's two names that really are two guys really that that shine for me and that's um, Ingram and Dallas Goddard. and you want good tight ends on good systems right and so I think those two guys are where you probably would want to put put um, draft capital into just because Ingram showed showed it last year and he's a little bit older now as well but still very athletic and uh, and was good for that team. And then the same thing for Dallas Goddard. Uh, there's a lot of talent, and there there may not be enough footballs to go around. But uh, but still, good team, good talent.
1: No, I agree. Yeah, and this is this is that tier where <clears throat> I don't mind. Let's just group them all together. But there's there are some that are far more above others. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I they're at the top of the list for me. I agree with those two for sure. Um they cost you a little more, so i but i I don't like that Dallas Goddard I think has crept up into the sixth- sixth round. I don't think that's good value, but if any of these guys are seventh and later preferably eighth or later, um I definitely don't mind that for sure because now you've filled all your other positions, including Flex, to get this tied in um but Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram are the top two for me in that list. Uh, I agree with everything you said again, we're talking about high-scoring high, powered, high scoring offenses in Philadelphia, Jacksonville. They both flashed it last year. They had the capability of putting up big weeks, um, so I, I like it. Um, the other ones I will, I'll touch on that I also like targeting late if I do take the route of not – if, it, if it, the draft is not following my way to snag one of those top three or five guys. Um, <sighs> you, you don't – ever want to trust rookie tight ends but if you have to dalton kincaid is the one this year that i think could fit that mold um i think he can be what kyle pitts was supposed to be as a rookie um which which the difference is dalton kincaid's gonna be a rookie with josh allen not with mm. marcus marietta or whoever they had when he was a rookie at kyle pitts so uh dalton kincaid i think they've been they've in the rumors were they were hopefully going to use him as a slot guy, kind of more of a Travis Kelsey kind of guy, um, put him out wide, and that is exactly what they've done this preseason. Um, they, so I think the the plan for him is to use him a hundred percent in the passing game, and that's what I want to see out of a tight end, especially any of these tight ends out of the top five. You you definitely need to see them used not blocking, because <laughs> yeah, it, it when we when we say he's a tight end one. That don't mean dick, because <laughs> because you could have three catches for probably fifty yards and you're tied in one, and that's yeah. nothing in fantasy for you. So yeah. these, but yeah. but I think these are the guys that have potential to win you weeks or at least put up solid fantasy numbers for you. Dalton Kincaid is one, and I think Dalton Schultz is a potential because Houston. I I like C.J. Stroud a lot, and I think Dalton Schultz is going to be his best friend. So.
0: Yeah, and that's very true. And I, it's I, I am, I am staying away from Dalton Schultz, uh, it, because of I think he just had a great year, great situation at Dallas when he was there. Their slot receivers were hurt a lot when you know, he was getting those those big those big games, and and Houston, if Damian Pierce is going to have to carry the ball twenty times for them to be successful, and I'm really concerned about that the volume he's. Same with anybody on that Houston offense, but uh, uh, but 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 you're very true. A rookie tight end's best friend is his t- is a rookie quarterback's best friend <laughs> is his tight end, and so um, no doubt about it. So that that and an experienced tight end, yeah. Um, so two guys that the uh, the guy I want to talk about here is on Anquan, I Chig. can't say his just name. Call him, just call him Chig. Chig. So uh, this is a another athletic specimen and we've seen him make some plays in the preseason he had a good end of the year last year uh, he has no competition um, they don't have a wide receiver too they don't have a talented slot uh, Derek Henry they don't have a pass catching running back uh, there's a lot to uh, uh, there's a lot to look forward to uh, to a uh, chig and so um i i think that uh if you're going late take a look and and do a little bit of do a bit do a little bit of scouting and see what you think about chig and i i don't think he's a bad pick if you're coming out and say oh i haven't gotten a uh a tight end yet he's not a bad one i would take him personally before i would took cole Komet or um pat Fryermuth for that matter i think Fryermuth is still you just like the guy but i'm not as excited about him as a receiver uh, in the Pittsburgh offense as I am Chig in the Tennessee offense. Just, just my, my thought. There's more, there's more with Pickens and Dante Johnson. I think there's more opportunities for other folks in that one and Jalen Warren, as we talked about. So that's it. So I'll, you know, targets for me coming out of the tight end position. um, Really? I like TJ Hawkinson. Um, more than I like Darren Waller and personally more than I like Mark Andrews, but um, that's probably just because I'm not going to spend the draft capital I will for Mark Andrews. Um, and uh, so that's that's where I'm at, and I like Chig late. And uh, you already spoke about Dalton Kincaid. So, um, so Jake, anybody
1: yeah, you're liking I, out of this group? My target is I love the value of Darren Waller in the back end of the fifth round. I think... I think if he continues the the what they've shown us and he puts it into action in the regular season and can stay healthy, he's 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 going to have the targets to have the top three finish he he needs. Um, I think it's a special value there for tight ends. Um, so I'd say Darren Waller. And if you're moving on a little later, I, I like Dalton Kincaid just going very late. Um, and then if you're if you're just for some reason in a super deep league. And you don't, for some reason, you forgot about the position. I, based on sheer volume, Luke Musgrave for for Green Bay is the guy. Everyone was like, if they drafted two. Who's it going to be? Are they going to split time? Preseason so far, I think he's been a hundred percent with the ones and nothing else. Um, and so, I, and I, and he's he's one of those again, those athletic receiving tight ends. I think that. In an offense that doesn't have Devonte uh, Adams, Christian Watson is a big play guy, but but that's a big. He you need that middle of the field bigger target, and that's going to be Luke Musgrave, I think. So if he that's a that's a deep pull. I'm talking we're talking like last pick in your draft kind of deal, but um, it's it's a name that I just think people should be aware of if you see it. So
0: yeah, I I agree. With, I agree with that. There's he's got some camp buzz. You got to be careful about that. Yeah, um, for some of those guys, especially at the tight end position. But the last thing I'll say here um, uh, coming out of the tight ends, we wrap up, wrap up this uh, making the green podcast. One of the things I want every, everyone to remember, because you spoke about Dalton Kincaid and we spoke about James Cook earlier. I want to caution you about having both of those guys and because and it's going to be kind of fun to think about um their bills you want to but i i think one of those guys is going to have a great year and one of them is not because i think james cook if he takes he'll take targets from dalton kincaid if he's the guy and they don't bring in another back um if they do and cook does and or cook doesn't take over that position then i think kincaid could really have a phenomenal year but uh my money would would probably be more on on James Cook as, as far as having a, a better floor. But be careful about that, trying to get both of them and thinking they're both going to be starters for you. I don't think you're drafting Kincaid as a starter. Uh, you could be drafting James Cook as, as a, a running back 2 or flex. So just just remember that as you're, as you're looking through on those two guys.
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's something I wouldn't be trying actively trying to do. If it does happen and that's just how the draft falls to you, I'm not actually too worried about it as much as you probably are. And that's only just because I think the offense is good enough to support them for where you're hopefully trying to use them. Hopefully James Cook is your flex, your first flex position maybe. Or or if he is your RB2, you're very strong other places. If Don Kincaid is your starting tight end, again, you're very strong other places. So if you have both of them and they're both starting, it's not the greatest thing to have, but I'm not too worried about it. I think, yes, they'll be the... they're, they're and I, I get what you're worried about. They're their positions on the field where they're going to pull targets is the same area. So if one is pulling targets, the other one isn't obviously. And so my thing is I, I think Dalton Kincaid has the potential to possibly be the, the second target in the offense. If Gabe Davis again, does not take a step forward and Dalton Kincaid does. And so if that's the case, I'm fine with having both of them because cook is now the, the, third option at a target-wise, lower or short range, I should say, with Dog Kincaid hitting more of the mid, and Stephon Diggs just rover, <laughs> basically. But all that being said, I, I don't mind having both of them. I think, especially with, again, where their value is, it's not going to hurt your team if you have to drop one because one does dominate over the other. So
0: There you go. Well, there you have it. We have ranked the positions... Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, giving you some analysis, uh, giving you some strategy. Our targets out there in those different positions. So we're giving you some ammunition uh to get out there and dominate those uh fantasy drafts that you've got. Well, Crazy Legs, what uh any any parting words of wisdom you have for our, our listeners out there?
1: Uh good luck and uh mock draft as much as possible. <laughs>
0: I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, that's it for us. We'll uh, we'll try to get to you during the season as we can, giving you a little more information, uh, doing a little waiver wire pickups here and there if we can. Working with our good buddies over there at the JPP podcast. Uh, but uh, we uh, we appreciate everyone that's listening. We hope you have uh, great drafts, and and hope everybody gets Justin Jefferson.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, y'all take care. And happy drafting We
1: out out.
0: That worked pretty well